All right, guys, welcome back. Sports, cards, and nonsense. A new podcast this week. Pretty excited. We have the boss. I don't know if we're going to call him Bill oh, or God. Mr. Simmons. I'm thinking about just going Springsteen and calling him the boss. <laughs> I'm not sure yet, though. How about so just got- Bill? Bill sounds okay, we- great. Hey, the boss just said just Bill. There you go. So, Bill Simmons joined us this week. Of course, Jesse Gibson, who is oh. as anticipated a guest, I think, as Bill is. This is the most uncomfortable I've ever been in any moment in my life. But you know what? I'm excited to be here. I, I can't wait. I love sports. No. You know that. There's going to be a more uncomfortable <laughs> moment when Giannis joins the show. I think that'll be that'll be probably more uncomfortable for you. As I mean, you repeatedly mispronounce his name. I referred to you as as Ben Simmons and also as uh, no Bill Russell. No Bill Russell. And then your wife called him Richard Simmons. Simmons. And First Richard time Simmons. we got signed. Yeah, so, it was perfect. Richard so nothing, Simmons signed us. We're doing yes. great. <laughs> Bill's similar to Richard in a lot I'm of ways. I'm sweating with the oldies, baby. So yeah, <laughs> perfect. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. I think that's a great intro. Big picture topic, Jesse. Take it away. Big picture. You got to talk Tiger. What's going on? How does it affect his card value? Let's hear about it. Yeah. So I know, Bill, you talked about this on your podcast this week. Uh, thoughts on Tiger? What's your what's your overall thoughts of the situation here with with the big man? Well, the scary thing with social media is just how people jump to these conclusions without any evidence whatsoever. But I thought his golf career was headed toward being over anyway, just because all the back surgeries, different surgeries he had. Now it feels a little bit insurmountable, so it's sad. But I'm glad he lived. Um, and after reconciling all this stuff with it. Gr- honestly went to the cards in my head a little bit and was thinking about your theory about how tragedy blows up cards was not surprised to see what happened yesterday with the tiger rookie. It's unbelievable. Crazy spike. And then an immediate sell-off. It was a weird situation, actually. So Jesse, you want to throw some of those numbers? He, we, we have our, our intern Max. By the way, I call him Indy, but Indy. for this case, we'll call him Max. Max said, "Please tell Bill, huge fan of his podcast. Oh, he's never said nice. that about he's never said that about our podcast. And since we're not paying him, we figured that would be payment. Had so I appreciate there it. you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this right. one, there was a crazy spike. So Max did a little research on a few of them. Uh, the 2001 Upper Deck, which is kind of his flagship rookie. You know, it's a regular card, PSA 10. Jesse, what do you have on yeah. that one? So PSA 10 before the crash, going for about 805, 850 maybe. After the crash, two grand, like within hours. hours. Within hours. But then the next, I don't even think it was the next day, that night, they were back below 500 bucks again. Yeah. Or no, really? Back below 900. It it, it was like an eight to 10 hour spike, I think, because of what you said. People were like, oh, this dude's dead, or they're cutting off his leg. I mean, there's a bunch of crazy stuff with no substantiation at first. People just went crazy. A guy in our Facebook group said, dude, all my stuff just got bought. Buy it now. Not even offers. Just people bought everything he had. And so I think people now are just sitting back waiting for the returns and all the nonsense with it. But Well, the other thing that happened was they had already spiked because this crazy right. sports spike that we've had the last three, four months, one of the things that started spiking was the non-basketball football and the golf. 
Yep. Which well, I got well, excited because I have a set. I remember I bought this for $20 like 35 years ago. The uh, early 80s Donruss set with all the golfers. It's got like the Tom Watson rookie. So I just really? had it in a little plastic case and I was like, someday golf cards, but <laughs> never really happened. But now, now it seems like golf cards, like everything else has become a thing. Yeah. Well, Tiger's and Tiger's kind of a freak in that regard too. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 35, Jesse's 34 and even Jesse, not being a sports fan by any means, which again, we say this, he does not care about sports people. Nope. Jesse, you I know Tiger sports. though. I mean, you're, you're uh, very familiar with the name. Yeah, of course I do. I talked about yeah. Tiger a couple of weeks ago and said he was, a, I thought he was a decent buy at his price. Yeah, Granted, to me, his Tiger, pop is still crazy. Yeah, the population report on that card alone is ninety two hundred for PSA tens. So, but but long term, I still think at the current price, if you can get that under four hundred bucks, which most of them four fifty or less, I don't think it's a bad buy. To, to me, clarify, though, culturally, Mike, the, the ones under four hundred are the PSA nines. The PSA tens are back to nine hundreds. That's right. They went from yeah. two grand to nine hundred. The PSA nines yeah. are back around four fifty. To you. be fair, Jesse yeah. did think the Tiger King documentary series spiked the Tiger With, cards for a second before we when people said there was a Tiger people. documentary. That's what two I, I watched. So. He also bought a leotard <laughs> Tiger stripe. But this that's this fine. speaks to a bigger theme that you've covered in a couple of your pods already. With all the money pouring into this hobby right now. And we could talk about all different reasons for it. It's hedge funds. It's people in giant groups. They're just targeting bigger cards. It's people going to auctions who are just treating this like art. And like, there's not a market. They're just like, I want an MJ 986 flare PSA 10. I don't care what the price is. I'm just getting it. And people are gravitating toward the biggest stars. And you were on this before the Super Bowl with Brady. And you were saying if Brady wins, here's what's going to happen. You called it out. You're right. We saw it with Jordan after the last dance. We're seeing it with Bird and Magic now. Um, and I, I think the biggest stars, I think those are the best bets right now because of what's happening with the fractional stuff. Which um, I love. The, oh, bi- the billionaires all getting together, just buying different <clears throat> cards. They're always going to go toward the best 10 or 11 guys. So I would argue the Tiger cards are still low. Yeah, here's my thing with Tiger too. If you were asking me, I was trying to think of this like the last couple of days, like just prepping for this biggest athlete impacts of my lifetime. Honestly, so to me, 34 years old, Tiger has meant more to me than Jordan. Jordan was mm. at the end of the career. And, and in golf, it was just like we didn't know as a 10 year old. I didn't know and even younger for his early championships. I didn't know how good Jordan was. I just knew he was like the best guy in the league. That's great. But at the time, at my age, I didn't know he's the all time greatest player of all. You know, I, you just didn't know that. But for Tiger, and I grew up, my grandfather was a golf pro at the Merrimack Valley Country Club. My father was a scratch golfer his whole oh, life. Here we I, go every with the Saturday, <laughs> I grew up, that's what we did. We played the par three course. We hit the driving range. Golf was like a huge thing for me growing up. And all of a sudden, there was something I could watch and not be miserable. It wasn't just a bunch of old dudes and like weird plaid. There was like this 18-year-old kid or even, I think, it was, I don't remember how old he was in 97 when he smashed the field by 12 strokes. It's like 21, 20, 21. 21. Yeah. That was huge for me, though. I was like watching and actually rooting for a guy. I was like, this young dude is coming in and just destroying old men at the sport where you're not supposed to be doing that as a young guy. Well, and before Tiger, I mean, for our generation, at least like, you know, there was no one talking about golf. There weren't guys like at no. school talking about like the golfer, like, I don't know. Well, I can't really think of any other Arnold Palmer. No one was caring about Arnold Palmer unless I Look wanted to eliminate a little iced tea. You know, well, this, when I was growing up, it way. was the Nicholas Watson generation, really Nicholas. Nicholas was sure. the guy it was, and the previous generation was Arnold Palmer. 
Yep. And then there was kind of a gap between Nicholas and Tiger for about 10 years where there was just a bunch of different guys that went. It should have been Greg Norman, but he kept choking when it mattered. That um, was my guy, the great yeah. white shark. He could never finish. Oh. And, and if you do his career 20 times, there's 10 versions of it where he's the best golfer of all time. He's but like for Jim me, Kelly. it's uh, Ali, Jordan, and... Uh, Ali Jordan and Tiger are the three. And I don't even think Brady's gotten to that level. I think those wow. are the three that completely changed how people considered their sport, brought all the casual fans in, and everyone has compared whoever came next to those three guys. I could see it. So for me, again, the younger generation, I would go like Jordan to me. Kobe was my Jordan. Like growing up, that was the guy. There was also the Boston LA connection, but Kobe was the guy there. Tiger so you like and- guys who've only won one MVP ever? Those are <laughs> those are your icons. I love. Them. I mean, Bird, Bird went three straight. I don't know if you have his autographed jersey or anything, oh but Bird God. went three straight. <laughs> Jordan, 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 Jordan only won. On? Kobe only won one ever. So I'll settle down with the Kobe. Kobe love. <laughs> Kobe was great. He was, my, but I mean, impactful for guys growing up. He was the dude. The, yeah, he was the guy. Man, Bill, you cannot say a nice word about the Lakers. I could see him getting <laughs> I, riled. Listen, I thought you were from Massachusetts. I was, I was mistaken. I have oh, respect. God. I have respect for the man. Kobe this was is, my guy, and terrible. then LeBron carried that man. Start, Corey, gonna, jump on here Bill's and start this leave. over. Right Jesse's now. my, Jesse's my favorite co-host on this show. He's oh, the only co-host on this. I just got denigrated to co-host. That's ridiculous. I'm telling you, five minutes in, I feel like I've lost my job. YouTube is loving this. So what happens to Tiger? Where does this go? Do you see this spiking Hobby, more? And is there is done. there a value card that's not that upper deck card that everybody gravitates to? Is there like a great card to get that you feel like is undervalued? I still love the 90s. I think it's his 97. That black might be 90. I, I'm not super familiar with golf. The black border oversized card. Mm. That rookie of his, I think, is great at any price. Because I think looking back, and again, piece of art. People have stayed away from it naturally in the hobby. I, I say stayed away. It's never gained the popularity because it's like the Kareem rookie. It's oversized. Oversized cards have just always been hated on by purists, which is fine. I I'm still like think the opposite. A- I let the 76 NBA top set is my single favorite set of all time. Really? And you I, really, I think it's an unassailable sheets. set. The uncut sheet, but also just the straight. If you go through those cards, they're almost like mini posters, like the Kareem card, the Dr. J card, the Bill Walton card. Like when I was growing up, those were my favorite cards I'd ever seen in my life. I don't, I don't, I guess they must be more expensive to make, but I feel like if Panini did that one time where they made oversized NBA, I honestly think people would go nuts. I think they would now, uh, you know, I think again, cause now you have so many guys who just come in and want to find something, you know, that they like, and they don't care that traditionally this card is oversized, but I love that card. And even the upper deck, the only thing I, that holds me back from this upper deck long-term is 9,200 is a high count. I mean, I don't love hmm. it long-term for a thousand bucks. But I don't, I mean, I'm not sure that he ever plays again, too. I mean, to be you know. clear for listeners, that card we're talking about is the 97 Tiger Woods Grand Slam yeah, Masters the black Collection. Yep. And it's the population on BSA 9s, it looks to be about 351. So what's the BSA 10 count on that one? Do you have it? Uh, I don't have it up, but I'll get it. Yeah, that's the card to me I would go with. I don't I don't need the regular. And golf to me is a different sport. You know, obviously, it's a different sport. It's a different collector to me. Like if I want the golf card, that's the one I would go after. Can I give you a sneaky collection thing with Tiger that I might have a couple things on? I'm not doing the pump and dump. I already own these things. And I've already bought these things well before this. The master's badges I've always felt have been underrated. And you can find them on eBay. And I may or may not own a 97 master's Tiger's first thing, 86 Jack, a couple of the iconic ones. But I I feel like those badges because nobody saved them until the last 20 years. And to me, they're like cooler ticket stubs because it says the year of the event. Sure. Um, It's tied to that. And 
I think the 97 Masters badge for Tiger should be worth more. I'm not yeah. say How about that? that? You, yeah. you weren't expecting <laughs> me to come out firing this early. I was you're, literally waiting for you're you. You're supposed to, push to know less about cards. He just pushes the <laughs> microphone over. He's like, "Hi, right, boys. Thanks for coming. Enjoy your last week working on my network." Yeah. Uh, I don't think you go wrong with Tiger stuff in general. I mean, I just again, he's the guy. I, the only thing I, I actually found the most laughable though about the whole story, just getting to the story side of it, was I think it was Rory McIlroy and a couple of guys. You know, they were asked about his is he coming back. It was like, how could we even talk about that? I'll be honest. With you, I don't know Tiger Woods. Like I don't want anything bad to happen to the guy. I hope he recovers. But the first thought in my head is, oh, is he ever going to play again? Like this naturally isn't that your thought? I don't like. Why is that wrong? I don't. I'm not saying I want the guy's leg to come off. But the only thing that affects me about Tiger is watching him on TV. That's right. it. Like he's not taking my calls. I've well, tried to, he might, yeah. we've tried to reach out. He's he was moving off. into a different phase of his life anyway, so I feel like yeah. Um, well, like you said, he was kind of on the downhill anyway. Yeah, he's just he, he had had I think five back surgeries. He had had his yep. knee completely rebuilt, um, and just I think we're this is something that's in a problem with golf in general. Is these guys have so much power, it puts so much pressure on their knees and their back that it's not sustainable. And the you know like somebody like LeBron for whatever reason is going to play twenty three, twenty four years. Crazy. We haven't seen the golf version of that of a guy who is just like in crazy shape and you know, almost keeps peaking as they get older with all the science and stuff. Maybe it's coming. Maybe it'll be Dustin Johnson. I don't know. Yeah, it is weird, though. He's the only guy with power. Like, the first guy I think we saw, like, that had that sustainable power for a decade. Then it was like, now what? Like, he's not going to age like Arnold where he's just going to play. I feel like when he's done, he's done. I don't feel like we're going to see Tiger on the senior tour, like, putting around out there. I just, I, I don't, and I hope we don't. Like, when you're done, just leave on top. Well, Go he John might have LA. the same thing LeBron has where he might try to hang on to play with his son because it's clear his son's going to be something. And I, people have said that about LeBron for eight, nine years. That is that next year or is it two years from now? Two years from now. It, 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 okay. We'll see. Like, his son, it's hard to say because basically all the youth sports lost, like, 12 months here where right. like, there's like no high school basketball, not, not a lot of AAU stuff. So nobody even knows how good he is. But something to watch. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Well, there you go. So buy Tiger stuff. I, I mean, like I said, I think it's, I don't think you're going to lose money on it. I, I would not buy it this week. I'd like to see where the market settles. But yeah, he's an icon. No question. Jesse, I know you're terrified about this moment. We're ready for you to, to run this next moment. And I got a text about Bill this week and oh, said, God. what is up with Top Shot? Jesse is here to tell everybody oh my God. in detail. We grade him at the mistake. end of every episode. Bill's already said you're great. <laughs> His grade supersedes mine. Mine will be significantly lower. But I think you're doing wonderful. I, I got to gotta just jump out here. First question, Bill, do you know what, do you know much about, if anything about Top Shot? I know everything about everything, Jesse, first I should have known I, that. I, I, I put in my that's research a, left and right. I will say a, this about Top Shot. <laughs> it just eludes me. Yeah. I understand it. it. I understand what's happening. I get it. It's, it's, I'm not being snobby about it. I just personally don't get it. Like I, I, I it's not something I would be like, oh, cool. I bought this. Incredible Donovan Mitchell three-point clip, and it's mine. Yeah, It's coded specifically for me. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's not for me. I like okay. holding the cards. I like uncut sheets. Um, I like holding boxes. I yeah. Just holding like a digital clip, I don't get it. Well, okay, so I, I thought the exact same thing. Mark Cuban, who you're friends with, um, <laughs> said something interesting the other day. He said that when it comes to Top Shot, that's the main complaint is like, why would I pay for this when I could go to YouTube and search it and download that same thing, watch it all the time? I think the main thing, and this is what he said, is the authenticity 
that comes when you buy this moment because he can like for a baseball card, you could go out and print out the picture of that card and put it on your mantle if you wanted to and have a similar effect until you got close. You wouldn't even know the difference. But in this situation, it's people are assigning value because it's a collectible, it's authentic and it's nostalgic for them. And so that's what seems to be driving this market. Now that, and I will say the other big thing driving this market, I think is greed at this very moment because the amount of pop and the number of sales over the last week alone is staggering. Um, just to give Wasn't you an it idea, like 47 million in a weekend or something. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Uh, now we're looking at for, well, it may have been on the weekend over the last week. And to put this in perspective, they've done 205 million in sales over the last six months since they started in the last week alone, they did 130 million of that. Sheesh. Well, part of that is because there's been big mainstream pieces in a couple of different outlets. ESPN yeah. had one, Bleacher Report had one. There's there's mm-hmm. an awareness the last 10 days it became a story. Mm-hmm. And then you also have, honestly, rich people coming in and talking about how it's going to be a big thing. And we've seen this yeah. fall, the leader mentality with cards, um, mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of things, which, you know, I, I, I think Mike feels the same way. I get a little suspicious sometimes with the mm-hmm. intentions of people when they're oh, trying yeah. to just be like, this is the next thing. This is going to be great. We're yeah. seeing it with clubhouse, the social media app right now. It's like, this is, this is it. This is going to be great. And it's like, well, okay, but you also are invested in this being great. So should I trust you? Yeah. So absolutely. just with the clubhouse thing, let me just say this. Bill actually invited me to Go clubhouse. On. I tried. Bill, I tried. I tried every. T- I just kept finding myself in these rooms with people, like telling me about their accomplishments, and I was just like, I don't know who any of these people are. That's a weird space. I need to learn. Yeah, but, I, but- I don't get it either, and I've never actually gone in a room. It was one of those things I just yeah. wanted to grab my name. Yeah, but I don't. I don't really get it. But I do think like we're seeing this with cards, and we're really seeing this with Top Shot, with people telling us it's a big thing versus right. the thing happening organically. Yeah, and maybe it's a little both right now. But I have friends in my life who who really love it. And I, I've just been holding, crossing my fingers, praying my son doesn't care <laughs> right now. He doesn't care. I just want to keep it that way. Please don't let him get hooked on top. Shots. Not allowed well, to listen to the show. So what's, what's really interesting too, is like you got uh, a spike in this last week. And I think a lot of it came when they started talking about like limiting the additions of these series, because uh, you had, you had a big thing where a series would either be limited edition or they could continue to sell moments essentially in perpetuity until they decided they didn't want to anymore, which, you know, the more moments out there, just like anything, the less the value is going to be. They, they Mike's started, dubious. I, he, I've, I've never seen him more dubious on this podcast than right now. Is, is He's just out. Word? You're just out on top shots. <laughs> I'm out. Here, the only reason I'm getting in is because I talked to Verno yesterday. He, he That dude is so... It, Actually, like he's just informed about it. So he's convinced me to buy in strictly for financial reasons. But that's it. So it's, it's almost like with blockchain where people are like, got to get in. You're going to yeah. feel you're going to feel dumb. Same thing. Well, get Same in with now. crypto. I only bought into crypto because it was like, hey, I'm going to make money. And Jesse, well, we're going to keep this clean. Never mind. Jesse ruined me. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't want if it makes me money. That's fine. But I have zero interest in it. I don't Mike, what, would be your dream, what would be your dream Top Shot quip if you could get any Top Shot quip? For me, it would be the bird steal. If I could own the one clip of Bird, steal the, the Isaiah Steele 87 Eastern Finals. I think I would get that one. One Ooh. clip. Oh, brother. Air Jordan, baby. Just give me any of the Air Jordans. 
Na- name one of the basketball players. Air, Air <laughs> Jordan. When, when yep. Dennis Rodman and Pippen, Luke Longley. I don't know. I know all the Bulls starting lineups. I've always like been a 97. fan of Bird. I don't even know who it was against when he does the over the head fake pass. Dude totally oh. just turned. He did it a bunch of times, but I think it was against Philly one time. He did that and dude just. I mean, looked around, had no idea where the ball was, and Larry just kind of gives him the nod, like, you just got head, and then just hits the 18-footer. Well, be- Jesse, do they have the historical clips or no? No. no so, that's what so they would have right to now. clear that with the, with the that, old players. I'm sure right. Jordan's like, yeah, we can do that, but give me 80%. Yeah. yeah, so like the company behind Top Shot is a company called Dapper. They're the ones that are into the whole NFT, the non-fungible tokens, and they're trying to get licensing worked out for historical clips. Um, it is very interesting, though, that the CEO of Dapper says the people that are going to make money are not the guys who are into crypto. It's the guys who are actually into basketball and know what's valuable because there are there's still plenty of cards out there. I was reading them off to Mike yesterday. And he, oh, my God. Uh, he was he trying to read a list of it. names of active <laughs> NBA players. It's but like to be a fair, you didn't know these players. It's like a four-year-old trying to read another language. You didn't know the players either, okay? <laughs> you, I could have been right for all you know. This segment is non-fungible. <laughs> Can we go to the next? Bottom yeah, let's go to the next is, one. There's a yeah, lot of money done. out there for there you. Jesse, you did great. No, so that's I don't just that. good. Bill yeah, comes on and right all now. of a sudden my cut, my part gets cut? No. <laughs> Bill, I'm sorry. All right, continue. Richard Simmons, move over. All right. NBH. Nope. Billy's we didn't clear Mikey. the next segment name with Bill. It's always Mikey's takes. This week, yep. this week we went with Mikey and Billy's take. Oh. Not sure about the Billy name. What's you, the subject this week though? Mikey and Bill's take. QB's on the move. Let's hear about it. I'm and I'm going to just go ahead and bow out. For Show a your moment. video. Oh yeah. So yeah, I am curious. Does. I listened to your podcast. I think it came out Tuesday. Um, Deshaun Watson. Where you have any any strong inclination of where he goes? Or are you still up in the air? I think he gets traded, and I think it's going to be Carolina or Miami. But okay, we're Perfect. taping this on a Thursday spots. morning. Yep, <clears throat> big news today: the Russell Wilson officially like might be was. It's like the main thing on Twitter today that he officially kind of wants out. Yeah, isn't I, saying I, get me out of here, but he's kind of saying get me out of here. And there's been rumors mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks about that his wife wants to go to a bigger city. You know, he's married to a famous person. Um, that he's frustrated with the Seattle offense, stuff like that. And I mean, this is a question for you, Mike. If he goes to the Giants, what happens to his card? Man, so Wilson stuff like week six through 12, when he was on that tear and it was like, he's the MVP, um, his stuff went insane. So I'm not sure. Honestly, I I honestly think the only thing for Wilson that increases his value, I don't think he's going to blow up and and dump by any means. I think the only thing he's at that stage of his career, postseason success. Because he's starting to fall into the Wilson, uh, Peyton Manning, Rodgers, Breeze. Breeze. Like, you did it once, and then you haven't done it. And I know their defenses weren't great, and they, there's all these reasons why they haven't done it again. But you got to do it again at some point. So you so, think if he went to the Giants or the Jets and was in a giant city, doesn't do much? I mean, I think it's probably a small bump. I mean, like, we're seeing that Deshaun stuff has had a small bump over the last two weeks because of the just the rumors he's going to get moved. So do I think some of it? Yeah, I mean, guys get excited, like, oh, I need to get one now because something's going to happen. But if he goes to the Giants and wins nine games and loses the wild card weekend, I don't think I think his cards are lower then than they are right now. I just, quarterbacks especially, you got to win. Like, you just have I'm, to. I'm pro Deshaun cards because 
all the smart football people in my life all say that he was like absolutely incredible. They say year. this was like one of the best seasons yeah. of all time. Yeah. And I don't, so here's the thing. You actually named the two that I have on my list today. If he goes to the Panthers, I love just from a perception standpoint, again, I don't care about on the field stuff, just from the hobby perspective, stuff's going to blow up. Cause all we're going to hear about for the next four months is, well, Deshaun and CMC are going to go crazy, Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, I, I don't, I, and I think they have a decent team. I mean, you know, it's a fun division sh- for him. It's always like a, yeah. a, a big offense division. So you and Miami would be the other team, right? That you just think they'd be set up as a contender. Got to be right. I mean, my, didn't they win eleven games? They either won ten or eleven this year with no with, quarterback. But, yeah, with shaky I, quarterbacks. Yeah, they, I don't need to hear any more about Fitz Magic either. My God, Ugh. the third team. Now they would have to give up a lot to get him, but mm-hmm. I just think would be interesting from an interest standpoint is if he somehow went to the Bears because they've needed a quarterback for one hundred and thirty years. What do you give but up, I feel like, like five first-rounders? Yeah, that's the thing. He's in the same situation he's in now with a team that wouldn't really have a future. That's why the Miami thing's so interesting because they basically tanked the last couple of years mm-hmm. to be in the situation of this year. Jesse, they have this guy, Tua, that they took last well, Jesse year. Jesse knows Tua. Yeah, oh, top I'm five not here. QB. Top five I'm not pick. Here. <laughs> they have the number three and number 17 picks in the first round this year, so they could immediately just give that to Houston. And get Deshaun back and still have a good team. And that's so for me, Miami or Carolina gives them the best chance to compete. Um, I think there's going to be a big bump just from people betting on the upside of it versus what might actually happen because that's how cards work these days, right? It's all, yeah. and it's all whatever the upside. upside is. The Tyler yeah. Hero theory. Oh, yeah. Tyler Hero, 35 points in a playoff game. His card's $900. God. And it has to be upside. Anywhere he goes is better than Houston. I mean, that, that team is pathetic. Yeah, I don't, it's a I don't dumpster understand. fire. Yeah, from the top to the bottom. The only other team, and I don't think there's any chance because cap they don't have any, they don't have a ton of, is Denver. I would love to see a legit quarterback go to Denver because that team is loaded offensively. Yeah, and they've like, had some bad luck the last couple of years too with injuries and yeah, everybody's been injured. Yeah, but if they ever put it together and got a quarterback, that's a weird team. So I like the Deshaun play, depending on where he goes. Carson Wentz, we didn't talk about this last week because we're ignorant. Uh, Wentz going to Indy. I don't, I'm just curious. What are your thoughts? You're more of a football mind than I am. I mean, do you think he has anything left? What's the deal with Carson? I think it's, it's a feast or famine thing and probably a stay away from a card standpoint. Cause didn't the cards kind of bump up anticipating that he's mm-hmm. going to be really good. He's, he, you know, he was awesome that Super Bowl year before he got hurt, but that team was awesome. And he was on right. a rookie contract. They were able to stack it with salary, stuff like that. He was good in 2019, but in 18 and 2020 last year, he was, I thought the worst quarterback in the league. Horrible. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's a stay away. Cause Indy has a good team. I mean, that team can play. They've got, and they've got young skill position players. They have a pretty good defense. Like if they upgraded a quarterback, that's a 12 win team next year. That is to me making noise in the AFC. I mean, everything runs through Mahomes, I think, but yeah, the I'm, thing I'm with the cards. I, yeah. If you're taking a flyer on somebody, it can't be a flyer on somebody who's actually got buzz on his cards. Yeah. You know so I mean? Carson's probably not bad. Cause if they come out and win th- you know, six out of the first seven, I would think from now his value is a bit spikes pretty good. Cause so I many guys a, are down on him. I have a QB card sleeper for you. Oh, I mean, this is like a deep Ooh. sleeper. This is like almost <clears throat> this is you're shaking range. them. Cause he might be in a coma. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what about Gardner Minshew? Cause they're going to take Trevor Lawrence Gardner Minshew, who I think is actually somebody's going to trade for him and could like, I could see him as the Pats QB next year. I thought he had some moments. That team was terrible. Um, could you argue he could be like, to me, I'd rather spend on a Gardner Minshew rookie for nothing. I'm just basically taking a flyer. If I, if, if it doesn't happen, screw it versus 
I'm actually paying for the potential of Wentz. And I don't even know if he's going to be good. You know, Minshew might be the quarterback of like the Pats or the Niners next year. Who the hell knows? Yeah, he's interesting. I mean, he, he was he has some flashes. I'll say this. There was a couple games last year in the fourth quarter specifically because they were in. I feel like Jacksonville's that team. You always have the same stat every year. Seven of their 10 losses come from, you know, within three right. points. And then he like got every, hurt. He was hurt he got, the second half of the year. Yep. And he got hurt. But he's always, to me, at least competitive in the fourth. Like, I like how he comes out. He's kind of got that moxie. I just don't know if he has any, like, enough talent. But, but a I tiny mean, if you're sleeper. For, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a cheap, I mean, you set that up pretty well. Like, sleeper, Thank shake you. him to see he's awake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, for no money, because honestly, at this point, his hobby value is nothing. It spiked after week one and two because he played played pretty well and put up some decent numbers. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a matter of do they trade him? And I'm and, and if you're Jacksonville, why I guess that would be my question. Why would you move him? He's on a rookie contract. He's not making any money. Right. You have you cheap know, you backup. Tra- but I well, like they have it. a I mean, six back- round pick from last year that could also be their backup. I actually think he has weird trade value. Just because people stretch if you're for trading for him, he's making like, I don't know, a million and a half a year or something versus like what the yeah. Colts did for Wentz. Um, I mean as a cheap flyer, I like him, sure. With the Panini Prism guys last year. Yep. Um, which I think is one of the great football sets in a long time. To me, C.D. Lamb is the guy that might be the the second year sleeper. Just because you think about what happened with their quarterback situation, where the second at, he was coming on, and then Dak got hurt, and that was, and it. then they basically had the headless horseman <laughs> as their quarterback. So, could he make the jump? Is he as good as Justin Jefferson? We don't know. Justin Jefferson had somebody thrown at him. Yeah, I like so C.D. and Jerry Judy. Those are my two guys from last mm-hmm. year. I like both of them because I think they're both in good offenses and had nobody throwing them the ball. So when that changes, do they put up 1,400 this year and go crazy? And we're another year away from the whole it's only about quarterbacks theory because last year, Jefferson, not that they're matching quarterbacks, but we saw DK Metcalf jump up for a time where he was selling crazy high. We saw uh, Justin Jefferson sold really well. Claypool for, for Pittsburgh sold really well. So we're starting to see other positions start to spike. So a year later, I mean, if those guys come on and have big seasons, yeah, I, I think it's interesting and, and it's a it's a possibility. Jesse, yeah. I like Chase Young too on the on the Washington professional football team. I think he has a chance to be a generational defensive guy, and I think defensive cards in general, no love, are really underpriced. People gravitate to quarterbacks and then receivers and then running backs, and that guy might be the best defensive lineman, you know, for the next ten years, and that's got to be worth something. Jesse, your take? Bill, I really appreciate you pulling me back in. Thank I you. I, I can see right you now. drifting. No, I, I thought what's going to happen off. is Corey's <laughs> going to cut my fa- feed as soon as we start the Boston boys talk, and then and then I'm back when we're done. So you, I, by the way, I'm. I think this prism set is going to actually be bigger than the last one because of the Trevor Lawrence thing. As big as Burrow was, and 21. as excited as we're, yeah, twenty one. As excited oh. as we we're about Herbert, all this stuff. Yep. The Lawrence thing is going to take it to basically, I'm trying to think of a basketball. I guess it would be like a Zion thing, right? Like how people were paying for the ceiling for Zion before he'd even played a game. I do feel like that's going to happen with Lawrence. Absolutely. Trevor Lawrence will be the hottest prospect hobby wise of all time in football. Not even all time. Okay. Because again, think of the guys who were hot. Like John Elway came out with maybe the best college rating of all time, but there wasn't a market then for cards. Andrew right. Luck came out super hot. You know, everybody knew he was going to be great. 2012, the market was totally different. You have one of the best college prospects ever to come out at the absolute peak of, of the mountain in terms of hobby. He's number one. I mean, in Burrow's stuff was crazy. I don't think it's going to be even close. I think we're going to see at least a. Th- if Prism at one point was selling for 10 grand when it came out, which I don't remember exactly what it was. 
for 2020. I think next year is 30% above that across the board. I think 2020 is going to be impossible. Uh, 2021, excuse me. I think Lawrence is that good. Can I give you my prism, silver prism theory to you guys? Because And this goes into what you were talking about with the PWCC guys last week about just how many PSA things are going to be graded and and how there's basically 15 times as much inventory now. And there's just going to be more PSA cards in the market over the next 10 years. There's also going to be more people buying it. Mm -hmm. But I think just the the regular prism rookies in NBA and NFL, there's just going to be more of them out there. You know, you talked earlier about the Tiger, how there was 9,200 upper deck, whatever. Yeah, Zion's Um, is way higher than that with Prism. Yeah, and I think what's eventually going to happen, this is just a theory, is that the Silvers are going to become kind of the card. Even though they are already, I get it, they're more highly valued, but I just think those are harder to find. Um, There's just going to be a less PSA population than there is for these other ones where it's just much easier to get them and get them graded. And so I've, I've been thinking about just the stuff I've collected, which by the way, all the stuff I've collected is out of my house. Don't break into my house. It's all, <laughs> it's all gone. Once, once the hobby took off last three months, I got it. I got it out of my house, but I've just been thinking like the silvers might be the way to go going forward because there might just be too many normal prisms. What do you think of that theory, Mike? So I don't hate the theory, by the way, Jesse, pull up Zion 2019 Prism, silver, PSA 10 pop count real quick. Here's, I, I, so I like silver better than base because of the exclusivity. I actually, am, I think we're going to start to see the multi, the multiplier from base to silver makes no sense because the populations, although they're different, they're not as different as some of the colored Prism stuff. I think that's where we're going to see three to five years from now, a blue Luca is just insane. It's already expensive. It already but I think, happened. I think that's where we're going to see those cards though, just continue because they're never going up. If the card serial number to 35 or to 88, like some of the retail pops, I, those are never going to move. I think that's where we see the biggest jump. I think base, again, three to five years from now, base has come way down. And I actually think silver's long-term come down because people start to look and say there's so many. So there's always going to be a huge disparity based to silver. But I think silver's overall, I think silver almost matches the decline of base. I really think Interesting. it's the, okay. the color so you, stuff so that goes crazy. I was thinking like in the mid-90s with the tops chrome with the refractors. And you've seen the refractors went bonkers. Sure. But I think those are way more exclusive than the silvers. But you might be right. Maybe the colored silver prisms are I think the equivalent of the is. refractors. Yeah. And, and you know what's weird, too? I have so much trouble putting money into, into the 90s stuff now, too. The chrome, especially, because of that greening. I hate that. Like, if you're not familiar with those cards, not, not I know you are, Bill. but The coatings? So just the color itself, you start to get that green tint to them. That old chrome, for some reason, whether it's slabbed or not, just starts to hulk up. I, I hate that about a card. But the refractors from the 90s have gone nuts. I was sending you pictures this week of those Allen Iversons. I mean, that stuff is snapping off on Facebook. When are we, for, when are we pouring out uh, pouring out some liquor for for the uh, the 90s basketball? Next time you come is that on the a next show. segment? Okay. <laughs> That's a next show, the whole thing. No, it's just over. It, 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 the last six weeks. I mean, if you had the 90s stuff, great. great. You're celebrating because you, it's in five tupled. Yep. But it's if you nuts. wanted to get in, if you had some sort of list, it's over. You're not getting the, the 96 Iverson was $1,600 over the holidays. And now it's 14,000. Like, Jesse, do the math. What is 1,600 to 14,000? Eight tuple? Nine tuple? Why are you doing this to me, Bill? I don't know. I thought why I'm just trying you to get you do this. I'm trying to make sure you're a math guy. He's doing great. I but told like you that, I wasn't in this segment. We talked about this. All Shaq, right. Shaq, Weber, Nash, Duncan. 
So the Duncan you get for eleven hundred now it's what five thousand. Not to mention those Duncans I I bought first show. I was like I just bought three chrome gems for uh, fourteen hundred a piece. Right, forty two hundred. Not bad. So I that, will the say, ship has sailed on the nineties. It has, I, except for there's a few. I think the Hall of Fame guys coming up are all going to see an additional bump. Pierce. Hmm. I don't even remember who's going in this year, which is great because people, I, I don't, yeah, I just didn't pay attention. Well, you know Garnett, what? Because you Duncan, told me though. that and I was doing the research on it because I think Doug Collins might get in. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to oh, grab really? his 74 tops. That said, it's just, there's no, there's no inventory at all. I I was no. looking for two months. I have not seen one Doug Collins the 70s rookie in general, graded anything. Yeah. 70s in general are forgotten. I just bought a couple Wilt 72, three and fours, like PSA sixes, sevens, nothing. I mean, one of the top five guys of all time for most people, and his stuff is just dirt cheap. Steve Nash is the exception. I think the Nets are going to go on a run this year and get weird, and him being relevant, I think, helps, but in general. Uh, hey, let me hit real quick, two other quarterbacks. So, Wilson, you think he's moving or not? I think the cap hit is too big for them to move. The only way they could trade him, it's a $39 million cap hit, which I know Jesse yeah. was crunching the numbers earlier. Yep. Oh, um, the only way it now. makes sense is if they got a rookie quarterback back, which I was on a bunch of texts today with some Seahawks friends about, would you trade Wilson for Herbert straight up? No, not if I'm not, if I'm the chargers, I'm not trading. I like Wilson. Herbert's making nothing and he's locked up for the next few years. That's what I would say too, except they're the black sheep LA football team. Nobody cares about them. They have no identity whatsoever. And you could talk yourself into a panic. Oh, now we have Russell Wilson. We have the face of our franchise. That's the oh, only way it makes man. sense. What do you, I wouldn't what do, you do feel it either. I would keep Herbert. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm so high on Justin Herbert, too. I, I just don't, for the money and what he's going to do over the next few years, I don't. How about so this? Me, would you trade Russell Wilson for Jared Stidham and a fourth? <laughs> I'd think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give it some serious consideration. Oh, I'd trade Bill Belichick there, too. Just package deal, get him out of town. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, any, any chance? I don't think there's any chance he's moving. I think that was such a farce. All that no, talk. That, they're going to panic and, and pay him. Yeah. I think would okay. be how it plays out. And yeah. last question on this segment, and most important, Bucks or Brady? Where was your loyalty this year? <laughs> to my wallet. I just bet on the Bucks. That's how that's how I reconciled with it. I bet on them every really? round of the playoffs. It was great. It was like Brady was my QB again. I loved it. <laughs> oh, man. So I'll be honest. I left my sh- my ship left town in New England when he left. Like, I grew up watching the guy 20 years. Like, that's all I knew about that. I remember Bella. I mean, uh, uh, Bloodsoe before that. I liked watching Bloodsoe and Coates, but they were never. You know, even the other went to the Super Bowl. So they were just, just never got into the team. So I was all Bucks. All bucks hmm. all year. Watch the whole thing. I, I it was, was great. Hey, well, you, I mean, awesome. probably the best moment you had on this show is when you're imploring people to buy Gronk and Brady. Oh, and then yeah. Gronk lights it up in the it Super Bowl. Killed it. Friday yeah, that before was great. the Super Bowl, buy the weekend, Gronkowski. And not to mention, good. yeah, my wallet was, I, Brady is the only thing long-term I've held. Like everything else is kind of ebbs and flows. I always sell high. All my Brady stuff I held like a maniac for years. I sold some early, but almost everything else rookie is just in the lockbox now and just went crazy. So there Where's you your go. lockbox? Lock, don't break into my house was the point of that or bills. <laughs> when when are we doing straight cash homie? I'm so excited to see Jesse yell that. Can out. we just skip to you want to skip to it? We were going to talk NBA streaks, but I'll go. Oh right my god, NBA streaks! No, no, oh NBA streaks! God. Come on, we Jesse, can go with no, right. this is your off moment. Camera, Jesse, Leave me your off moment camera. to shine. Introduce the next subject. Go ahead, Jess. NBA streaks. We got Jazz, Wizards, Celtics. Why are we talking about Celtics? All right, go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Jazz, twenty six and six. 11 of 12. They just smashed the Lakers last night. So they've beaten the Lakers, Bucks, Celtics, Heat. I think they beat Philly. 
That's a weird team. I do like the Jazz, and I, I still am on board. He was our straight cash homie last week. Donovan Mitchell, anything, just go by, because he is still so underpriced compared to what he's going to be. I think they're creepy. Well, there, you know, there's an interesting Donovan Mitchell subplot, which I have not seen mentioned anywhere yet. I'm going to ask you breaking Zach Lowe on my, exactly on my podcast today, and I'm going to ask him about it. I'm not breaking news. LeBron, the MVP bandwagon for <laughs> LeBron, once Davis got hurt, has now hit some bumps. And I would say it's actually pulled over on the side of the road right now. Yep. And I think it's become less realistic. So Embiid is probably the favorite. But as we know, Embiid... Can he play the whole season? Can he stay healthy? Who knows? So there's an, a next level of guys that have a chance to jump up and grab, you know, a possibility to win the MVP. And it's like Jokic and Luka, all the usual suspects. But there's also a scenario where Utah goes like 63 and nine or something like that. And then at some point, if there's no MVP candidate, everybody's got to look around and be like, ah, maybe it's a Utah guy. And it'll be Mitchell if it's that guy. So I would say the case you made last week, if he creeps into the MVP conversation, then I think it blows up even more. So I, I think you were dead on last week. And I would also, I think Conley, who's had a really good career, and if they made the finals or something, would have to be, you know, when you think of some of the guys who've made the Hall of Fame, like it's not unrealistic that Which he could weird. sneak in at some point. Mitch Richmond made it. Um and Gobert, I, I think, would be the other one just because, you know, he'll be the defensive player of the year again if they win. And he's in the, I think, the 2013 set and it's probably goes for nothing. Oh, yeah, because um, he's a defensive-minded guy. Yeah. I, I, I do. Th so I think best case for them, I don't think they're get, coming out of the West. I still can't see them beating. I, I actually can't see them beating Denver or L.A. in a series. I could be wrong about Denver, but I think Denver's just I think crazy you're wrong good. about Denver, unless there's a trade. Denver's oh. a trade candidate. Um. Really? I would still have the Lakers as the favorite just because I think they're throwing everyone off their scent now with Davis. But I I, I don't want to buy Utah, but every every week they take care of business and they just throttle teams. And at some point, you got to take it seriously. And I'm like 75% there. Well, playing to your point too, I'll say this, because like when there's not the clear-cut MVP, the question then is, okay, best player on the best team. Like that's just what it comes down to. And if that's the case, Mitchell. So even if there's just buzz about them, and if they go in as a number one seed... I think they're winning at least two rounds. I mean, there's a weird scenario where come playoff time, the lead up to the Western Conference Finals, he's maybe your MVP. They've won a couple series. There's a scenario where that $500 prism card is $1,500 or $2,000. Because again, we saw that happen last year with Luka. He hits a game winner against the Clippers, and all of a sudden his stuff went absolutely through the roof. Okay, so we both like the Jazz. Next team, the well, Washington... Wait, hold on. What are his stats right now? He's at 24 a game? 24, yep. So he needs a couple... One thing that will really help, and you even saw this with Luca the other night when Luca hit the two huge threes to beat the Celtics and his card spiked. There's like this weird national TV reaction with cards now. And if Mitchell puts up like 47 in some Friday night ESPN game or Thursday night TNT game, that could that will get the ball rolling. Yeah, because what was weird is they crushed the Lakers last night. He only had like, I mean, Gobert was the leading scorer. I don't yeah. think anybody on the team scored 20. It was he a had terrible the one game. Yeah. Now, if he scores 40, though, and he has that, because he had that one dunk where he he went absolutely crazy. If he scores 45 and he has that dunk in the game, yeah, then all of a sudden right there, because that's the one game when people overreact. Oh, they beat the lake. I actually like what Morris said after the game. Marquise Morris, he's like, this is a regular season. He's like, let's see him in a, in a series. And I agree. I think the Lakers. But 
Well, the other said, issue is when you're blowing teams out, you don't play the minutes to get the extra stats. He's only playing 33 and a half minutes a game. This happened to Curry in 2015, and it didn't matter. He won the MVP anyway, but they were 67 and 15. He's killing everybody. He's playing right, like 32 minutes a game. So his stats weren't as seemingly impactful as you would have thought, but he won anyway. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on Mitchell. Yeah, because if you gave Mitchell another four or five minutes a game, his that 24 points is probably 27, Becomes 27, and then people take it more seriously. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. The Wizards have been weird lately. They've won five. They, so they actually lost last night, but they've won five in a row before that. They beat some good teams. Bradley Beal is a beast. That dude's still averaging mm. like 32 points. Westbrook is for some reason acting like not a, not a psychopath, which is cool because he's super talented. I just can't stand him. There's a weird stat. So they are so their overall record is 11 and 18. They're three games behind Toronto for the fourth and fifth seed. Right. The and East they're probably a playing team. What the Westbrook, Westbrook was the 08 set, which is... What, what was oh, the oh, best 7, one? 08, yep. Yeah. No, the 08, oh, no, 08, 08 09 Yeah, he came up with what? Kevin Love? Yep, Kevin who? Love... Um, Oh, I, there's a couple other good ones in there, but I, it was one of the last top sets. And exquisite upper deck. Exqu- they still had some upper deck cards in pro. Uniforms. Yeah, I've never been able to figure out that that whole late 2000s era. I've never been able to figure out what the best cards were. That was kind of before Panini took over. Anything exquisite upper deck has such a crazy premium when it was pro uniform stuff. Like like even just the chronology set when you had like I, I think Bird has some old exquisite patch autos. Uh, I'm pretty sure Russell has one. I've got a couple of the Garnets from that set and from the chronology. That upper deck stuff is awesome. I mean, I just I love that upper deck stuff. I wish I wish I like Panini, but I do wish we had tops or upper deck basketball back. Oh, I've but, got a th- I've got a story that will re-engage Jesse in the podcast because no. again he's been drifting <laughs> last ten minutes. Oh, he's been asleep. Since I'm we not started. even in here. I'm not. So even Jesse, involved. you're doing great. I was on the. <laughs> they asked me to be in the tops board. 
in like I, I've I'm got a question for you about it. Two thousand eight show, two thousand eight range, and I I was there for three years, and I I think I left in two thousand eleven because we were starting mm-hmm. Grantland. I was too busy. I just you had to go back to New York four times a year, all this stuff. But when I was there, one of the big questions was, should we keep the NBA? And Panini was coming in really aggressively um, to try to buy exclusivity for these different things. And one of them was the NBA. And we had this board meeting. I know this sounds like the story where it's like, I told them. But this, <laughs> I was like, you know, obviously a gigantic basketball fan. I was going to the collector convention at that point. I was really convinced basketball cards were going to you know, go up because of the personalities and you can see it was social media and the decision had just happened. And I was like, I, I just think basketball is going to go up a level this decade. I think it would be a mistake to let Panini have that. But Panini was paying so much. It was like, no, we did the math. There's no way they're not going to lose money on this. And it turns out Panini was really smart. <laughs> like oh, yeah. They overpaid for it, but they didn't. And you could argue that the NBA... I think is the number one reason that's driven, you know, NFL obviously as well, but I think the NBA, the exclusivity thing has driven their product the last 10 years more than anything else. Oh, that not was even a, close. And drives yeah. the market more than anything. Oh, Jesse has a thought. Jesse, please. No, no, no. I was just going to say, that was actually one of the questions for Mailbag. And so what do you think about doing <laughs> exclusive licensing for, say, Panini for NBA and NFL, maybe Tops for MLB? Would Do you think that would be something we see in the future? Yes. Yeah. I think you mean get out of that market. So right now, Panini is exclusive with the NFL and the NBA. Tops yes. is exclusive for licensing with baseball. Yes. Yeah, right. exactly. I would love it to get rid of it. I would love to see Panini have rights in baseball because I think it'd be awesome. Like Flawless, National Treasures, all those high-end brands, Prism in baseball with a logo would, I think would Tops change is the whole doing world. Well. I would love it if they merged. <laughs> it would have, honestly be the best... <laughs> Instead of having two competitors, we just had all the cards under one roof. One of the things that was stunning about the tops thing, because I was always like, I was going to those collector conventions and I was like, we got to get our old inventory, you know, go go back into the archives. You can read like that's that stuff's worth a lot of money now. Absolutely. And as it turned out in the late 80s, tops was like in a lot of trouble. And they basically had like this auction where they got rid of a whole bunch of stuff that was in their warehouse, like test test sets, uncut sheets, all these extra boxes, all this. They basically sold all of it for like 10, 20 cents in the dollar. And a couple of people cleaned up and you had like five or six people who were just like, oh, I'm buying all this. It's going to be worth something. And Tops didn't keep it. It's like the classic, oh man, wish we could do that over a good story. What kind of collections did you get from Tops when you were there? Did you you get uh, anything from the vaults? Yeah, they would mail they would mail all the board members whatever the new box was. Oh, okay. so I would get and kind of to test it out, and it was great. I had I had uh, I think my son was like three or four at that standpoint, so it was fun to open the cards. Um, but never really thought they were going to be worth that much, you know. <laughs> um, Hindsight, yeah, I did no. I did save some of the good ones, but yeah, it was in, it was an interesting business. What was really fascinating was gum was like the biggest, like bazooka was like the biggest driver. For uh, for the whole tops business, just gum and candy, they just printed money on. They still do that, right? Aren't they still yeah. big into like the toys and gum and all that candy? Yeah, that's weird. Speaking of nationals, if that happens in July, are we going to see you there? You coming? I, it seems it seems close. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know if travel. I'm mean, like right now. We're not travel. We're not doing anything. We're not Listen, leaving the house. 
I'd be shocked. hygiene and and uh, <laughs> air safety was always a problem at the collector's convention. It was already probably the grossest bathroom scene, other than like a college oh. dorm you'd probably ever seen in your life. So I can't yeah. even imagine the COVID era precautions <laughs> of the hygiene in that place. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. And I it's a wait and see for me. When are yeah, we doing straight cast homie? All right, let's get to it. He's that's the second time he's asked. We're not do even talking. It. Sing so. it. Sing it for I, us, Jesse. Jesse, take it away. It's your moment to shine. Oh, yeah, before I do it, I was asked, nope. Bill, will you do it with me? Oh god, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here we really? go. Really? Yeah. Three, two, count, one. Count, us, count, us, count it down to three. Three, two, one. Two, one. Straight, straight cast, cast homie. <laughs> we just Corey fixed that. Mike just quit the show. <laughs> I was going to get fired soon anyway, so I just walk. It's fine. That was so, oh, God. so bad. And I have no one but myself to blame. You come up with a stupid name. It's my fault. That's your That's fault. That's going on yeah, shirts, you, by the way. Jesse That's came up with it. You, Mike made fun of it in the first show. That's what happened. And I wow. was listening to it going, this is great. This is oh, what God. a great idea. They have yeah. to do this every week. You know what this I'm, is? This is the launching pad for the Richard Simmons, Jesse Gibson show. That's what I'm watching right <laughs> yes. here. This is I'm exactly what's happening. The whole game. All I hear is, oh, he's yeah. such a great co-host. Hey, Jesse, I have a question. That's fine. Hey, is Jesse you know still what? alive on the podcast? Let's talk to <laughs> him more. Of, all okay. right. Do you have something for us here, Bill? Straight, you have for, your pick? Straight cash homie? Straight cash homie. You have one for us? Um, you didn't prep him. Yeah, he you knew go was first. On the show. I'll, I'll have you? one. I'll have oh, one. You, brother. Go talk back. about a hack interview. I'm telling you. No, All right, I got one. Oh, oh God! It's sure? going to be so much better than yours here. too. Oh, you go the, first. You the go Bill first. Simmons I'll go pump second. and dump after my picks. I no, went no, super I'm not pump and dumping. <laughs> I went super. <laughs> I went super low end, super high end. Twenty. I went all Boston, by the way, because I was like, I don't know oh, if I talk God. about other teams, I get docked pay. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Raphael Devers, 2018 tops. So he comes out of 2018 tops series one. Just his paper rookie, him swinging a bat, little gold cup emblem. I'm sure Corey will edit and have the picture in if you'd actually see it. PSA 10s are doing 40 to 45 bucks right now. Just to put in perspective, Tatis is 250, Acuna is over 200, or Acuna, which I hate saying. Uh, Soto is like three and a quarter. Devers last year was eh, in the 60 game season, but in 2019, last full year, played 156 games. His stats: 32 homers, 115 RBIs. Batted 311 with 201 hits. If that team was anywhere near relevant, he would have been in the MVP discussion. I think Devers comes back to form. And honestly, you're telling me Devers, if he has a great year, couldn't be a third. I mean, excuse me, couldn't come up to about half of Acuna's money. Even at that, you're tripling your money. I love that play for 40 to 45 bucks. Great. That's one. my low end. Okay. I'll go, I'll go medium then. You go medium, I'll go big. I really like the NBA hoops boxes. From 1989 in 1990, and here's why: I just um, ripped one of these. You can get you can get them for less than 200 bucks still. Yep. Or maybe they, somewhere between like depending on where it is, like 180 to 250, depending on what day you're looking. The 89 set has Robinson's rookie. Um, first of all, the cards were this was NBA hoops. They were the first ones that actually had like they cared about the packs and made it. Oh, there you go. Just ripped um, it the other day, literally yesterday. Yeah. It's on, live on our Facebook, guys. We're dancing on here. I'm telling you. This is great. So you have the Robinson rookie. You have Jordan. You have Bird and Magic. And that's in the 89. Um, you go to the 90, one of the great cards. And I think I might do a box break um, this weekend with my son, just for you guys on, on my Instagram, of the 90 <laughs> hoops, because they have one of my favorite cards ever, 
Mark Jackson's rookie card, which has the Menendez brothers the Menendez in the background. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a $400 card. It's actually, it's a Mark Jackson and a Menendez brothers rookie card. That's you know, in the eBay, 90s set with Jordan and a couple other ones. eBay banned that card for a while. When it was all the hype about the murderers, they said it was against their policy. So they actually took that thing down. Really? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you can get, so box. that the 90, 90 box you can get for, how, what is that? Like one, 140, Cheap. 150, maybe Cheaper less, 90? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So Dude, I just think those are fun ones to open. If you get a couple Jordans and they're in good shape, you've paid for the box and why not? Yep. So I ripped this with the intention of, hey, I, so I did not hit a single D-Rob. It was kind of weird because it was wrapped by BCE. So I know it was a, a good box. I got two Jordans. I got a Pippin. The Carl Malone actually does like 60 or 70 for gems. Uh, for some reason, that must be Rodman's second year because Rodman sells pretty well as a gem, like almost a hundred bucks. Got a couple of chemo. I actually, so I got 11 cards. I'm going to grade out of that box, but not a single D-Rob. I was upset. How many more boxes do you have? Of that, I only bought one. I've got cases of new stuff in the closet, but of that, I, I just randomly picked one And I one think the cheap. Series oh, okay. 2 of one of those boxes has Drazen Petrovic's Ricky, and he's a Hall of Famer, and that's actually a weirdly hard card to get. That's 1990, right? 1990, I think, the Series yeah. 2. Yeah. So I like, right. I like that. I just like the price. Fun to open. Although maybe maybe we unintentionally jacked the price with yeah. talking about it. I don't know. I said no pumping. That was a rule. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. So we, so we got low-end, medium, straight high-end stuff. The vintage market right now is weird. I'm gonna. I'll have some pictures as soon as UPS shows up. I bought three bird rookies over the past three or four days. So bird stuff has actually come down recently. PSA sevens were up to six fifty five to six thousand for a while. I got a PSA seven for thirty nine hundred, which I don't. I think mm. that goes nothing but go back up. I got a seven point five for thirty five hundred, which I think was probably the steal of the three, and a BVG, so a Beckett graded eight for sixty two hundred. Those were doing 75 to 8. I think Bird, so there's already talk about the documentary, which I guess that's happening. The Bird Magic, aren't we getting like documentary number 8,000 this summer? They keep teasing that on these forums. No, well, they already, Bird's, not with Bird. I think Magic's selling another documentary, but he's oh, it's Magic. already okay. been in three. Oh, they've both been a 1,000. But even yeah. still, I, I could honestly say, I know they did the 30 for 30 was the last big one of note, but that's been... That has to have been at least four or five years ago now, right? I think the bird, Matt, I, last, the last dance, the fumes of the last dance and how it's affected all the other guys they played with has been, it's affected bird and magic cards the most, especially in that 81 set where like all what, the, the, solo the cards. PSA nines are like 4,000, 5,000 for How many did you magic. pull out of that box with your kid? Pulled eight birds. Grief. I mean, That's two crazy. of them are like perfect too. I couldn't believe it. But, um, but the 86 square set, which was always like, you know, MJ was the big card, but then it had all these other Hall of Famers, but you could get the Hall of Famers. And now all those have skyrocketed too. And if you're looking at like the PSA 10s from that set, oh, I'm almost money. suspicious. There seems like there's too many of them out there. I wonder like, are there more FLIR 86 cards out there than we realized and are more of them going to be graded? And is, is there going to be a glut of them in like three years? I think though, like, even if there is, you see the increase in people coming into the market because that's the demand is more cards. So I do think it could affect value, but with the number of people getting in, it might not hurt it that badly. Mike, so this is why I love the 76 set. The set, the 69, 70, and 76, the tall boys, because there's no inventory. There's no inventory, A. B, really hard to take care of. Like yeah. I had those 76 cards, but it's not like you could put them in an album or a sleeve or anything. So right. anyone who had them, they're just they're putting rubber bands around them or doing whatever. 
And even now, like you can't even buy the oversized card protectors on Amazon, hard. can you? No, no, there's everything, anything to protect those things is hard to find. So yeah, 30, 40 years ago, that's why Kareem to me, I have four Kareems now. I've been buying them like a maniac. His PSA six rookies, like four, maybe it's five grand. I don't know. I, I forget the, but it's just unbelievably underpriced. It's just right. insane. Same with well, Joe Namath. people didn't like Kareem. Honestly. Yeah, they don't like him and it's a big card. Yeah, so it's like a double whammy, and he's a Laker, so strike three. He's out. Here's I got one other, actually, out of the 86. Jordan stuff has fallen. The trend has actually been strangely close. Jordan rookie and the Larry Bird magic rookie. When they both went crazy and spiked, Bird was a little bit behind, but he definitely spiked. He's been a little bit behind on the drop here, too. So, like, Jordan right now, a PSA 8 out of the 86 flare set is averaging, like, just under 16,000. That had spiked as high as 22. His PSA nine. So what was it, Jesse? Three weeks ago, we sold. I sold mine. I sold mine for seventy thousand, and there was another one here locally that sold for seventy two. Now they're doing forty eight to fifty three. So those are down again. I just don't see that. It's not like that's going to come crashing down. I think eventually that's what happened. Is people saw the PSA ten sell so high. That's why I sold mine. But I think just so many went to market at once. It was like how many buyers are out there for a seventy thousand dollar card? So Jesse, you have a bunch the, of money. The other thing that's happening is. You just have these auctions where it's two people are bidding for for a Jordan card and right. they don't care what the market is. Yep. yep. So that one went for 750k in the golden auction, I think. Two like, of them. Yeah. Yep. And it's just it's basically the equivalent of um like in LA when we have these auctions for schools and two drunk dads start, you know, <laughs> start fighting over some trip to St. Bart's for it and it's like you guys are paying twice as much as, <laughs> as this trip is worth when you're doing. I think that's what happens in some of these auctions. It's Saturday. They always schedule it. So it's Saturday night. People have probably had a couple drinks and they don't really they care what the price is. They're just like, I wanted this card. I'm getting it. Oh, oh now I got to throw in another hundred. Great. And, <laughs> and it's completely thrown the market out of whack. I have no idea what these cards are worth anymore. I don't know about you guys, but don't you think that this is maybe a good sign? Cause I'm concerned the higher the value went, if they kept going up, that would make me think it is a bubble because it, it, it would just pop eventually. But if it goes down some and then over time comes back up, the fact that it didn't just skyrocket down like it went up is actually, I think, good. I think yeah. that the market agree that. means it's a little bit more stable if yeah. we're seeing it, you know, a little fluctuation. Even well, right now. So like the prism stuff going down, Zion, Luca, Ja, all those guys are down right now. And that to me is a perfect indicator. We're not in a bubble. Which is simply a the lull. Seventy games a long season. None of those guys have played to their peak. I mean, Ja especially. Even Zion, he's playing well now, but they're under five hundred. Luca's not doing triple doubles every other night like he did at one point last year. So it's like, yeah, the market's kind of following their on court to a degree. Because I feel like if the playoffs started next week, we'd see an immediate spike, which I think is indicative, like you just said, Jesse. Great point, Jesse. Well, oh, not in a bubble. And, and following on that point, I think this is going to be the year two thousand twenty one. When individual games swing card prices, the Tyler Hero thing last year was the was the taste of it, where he has that one awesome game against the Celtics, which I'll mm -hmm. never forgive him for because we would have made the finals if that didn't happen. That step back against Marcus Smart, yeah, I was, it was like, just you got to be was, kidding me. But, but it was done. the best game of his career. He's never yep. matched it before or since, and his card all of a sudden was worth three times of Bob Pettit's PSA eight nineteen sixty one flare. It's like what's happening. <laughs> This this card can't be worth three times as much as like a top twenty five Hall of Famer's second best card. So I think, I think it's going to be even crazier and wild. And this is like the era we're in. And, and then you've talked about a lot of the factors, but 
the the rise of gambling and how people think about stuff, how speculative everything is, people just go nuts. And they're like, oh, I got to get in. You saw it with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's card was worth as much as Tatum's card in the span of two weeks. Yep. And before well, the season, it, it was like 175 bucks. You said too earlier about the Luka card after the Celtics game. I mean, it spiked right after those three-pointers. So, yeah, absolutely. Luka's a savage. All right, real quick, then we get the mailbag segment to end this. Bill Simmons' original on our show finals prediction. I think you've already done this. But who do you have going to the finals this year? Prema- this is our premature finals pick. So I always, when I get this question, I always think like, if my life depended on it, what would yep. my pick be? I would pick Lakers in Brooklyn. This is the most anticlimactic pick of all time. Jesse, Why? what does my sheet say? Lakers. Oh, he don't know Brooklyn's the Nets. The Nets are from Brooklyn. So I've got Lakers Nets, which I think is hobby hobby impact-wise, the most unbelievable long-term, like, grail-level time. If LeBron wins another championship, at some point, I know most people won't, but he's on the Jordan level. Like, he's just there. I, mean, I would I, argue Brooklyn winning would have the biggest impact on basketball wait, cards ever because the Kyrie piece of it, adding Kyrie, to all the other dudes in that set, who's it, Davis, Kawhi, Dame Lillard. Yep, those four, because that was a year when you had the, the shortened the season double before, set. so they merged up. Yeah. And, and then the Harden season. card, because Harden would then, if he won a title now, he's like one of the best 20 players ever. And then the right. Durant piece of it would also be crazy. Durant is the one who just goes absolutely nuts because Durant was forgotten. Amidst this whole spike and everything, Durant stuff has been so left behind because he was injured. And, and Jesse's got Joe Harris. Oh, he's, got. he's got the jersey on. Joe? Big Joe Harris. Did you see it? Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, it's the camera's too small. Camera angle. He's a big yeah. Joe guy. Sure. Love yeah, him. you're right. That That would be the biggest card finals ever. For grail because level you would stuff. have five superstars in the yep. finals, which doesn't happen that often. It doesn't do a lot for like the rookie up and coming. Like there's nobody in that set who's like comes out of nowhere to win MVP or have a great season. Some there guys could be, could, there could be a Schroeder, could be a Schroeder bump if he if he had like a Tyler Hero game. <sighs> no, I guess. I mean, I mean, maybe you you could hey, you know more basketball than me. I just feel like that's the one that just solidifies everybody. Well, like with, the funniest one ever was the Taylor Horton Tucker week when his card was all of a sudden going for seven hundred dollars. That was like when you knew the car the hobby was out of control. Preseason game, people went nuts. What a ridiculous thing! Ugh, sad. Anyway. I find a sad it a moment for the hobby. Ask for my opinion on this, Jesse. So, who do you have going to the finals? Who's getting? To yeah, it? it's You're the Nets and Clippers. Okay, Nets so. and Clippers. Clippers. Okay. They're, they got it. I'm telling you. What city do they play in? Los Angeles. Dude. Yeah. I didn't look away you, and look at another sheet to know you that. Prep so. for Bill Russell Thank today. You. I can tell. Good for you. Yeah. He's my Bill favorite. Russell. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Simmons brings the best out of him. Richard Simmons, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, what his spandex game is on. That's when Jesse's at the I am sweating to the oldies, baby. <laughs> All right. Do we have time for a couple mailbag questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, mailbag. Here we Can go. We do that. Is that the new thing? All oh right. Oh my god. All right. First question. I think uh, mailbag. It should be more like a mailbag. <laughs> oh, I like that. Thanks. I can't. I can't redo it. That sounds like the old PTI though. Mail time. That's more what mail. I mean. You got. That's an, it's an homage. No, it's an homage. We love those guys. Mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse's I'm gonna work on, on it. I'm gonna work That's on just it. All as right. Bad here as we go. go. All right. These are pre- these are specifically for Bill. First off. A little shout out to Indy the intern, uh, big fan. His question for you, Bill: Who's your favorite NBA player that is currently averaging less than twenty points per game? Oh, stumped him. Max went next level. Well, <laughs> so favorite Celtic would be Marcus Smart. Um, probably Draymond Green, who I think 
it's really crazy how much of an impact he has on these Warriors games when he's kind of lost the ability to shoot. Um, I'm just amazed by that team, the fact that they're going to be like a five seed and it's basically just Curry, Draymond, and a bunch of role players. But I think the one, uh, he's the, he qualifies. I love LaMelo Ball. And I, I've ne- I haven't really? been as wrong about anybody in a long time. I was out. I didn't believe it. I just thought I didn't see. I watched the Australia stuff. I just didn't see it. He just seemed like he was going to be this gimmick guy. And uh, Charlotte's my favorite team to watch on League Pass. I think Lamelo's fantastic. And when those prisms come out of his, I think this this uh, this draft class is going to have some really good buys, including quickly on the Knicks because he's not getting the playing time that he, that he's going to get like two three years from now. And um. LaMelo, I like Wiseman. I still feel like he's undervalued. Anthony Edwards is fun. I really like Patrick Williams on Chicago and Halliburton, who I've loved the whole time. But I, I think this is actually, we thought this could be a disaster of a class. I actually like the class, but LaMelo's great. I really think he's good. I'll say there this about LaMelo. There, the impact he has on social is nuts. The very few posts we've had that have included him, I mean, Jesse can attest to this. More reaction, more comments, more views, more likes, whatever. Yeah, just social. when you put his name in the title. I, the I think thirteen that actually, and under the thirteen and under kids at Zion huge. and and Lamelo. Like my son loves Lamelo. He, Lamelo he's looks like he's thirteen. He's like he's like the TikTok generation superstar, right? Just these yeah. quick little whatevers. And uh, and he, by the way, they played the Suns last night. We're taping this on a Thursday, and he took over the game at the end. He was did like, that go to overtime? No, no. They, he. They were clearing out. They were getting switches, and he was just like killing DeAndre Ayton off the dribble, going to the basket. It was really impressive. It was high level. So I love watching. They're actually like one of the few running. I feel like they're like the old sons of like the '90s, like that. Just that running oh, that yeah. offense. Which well, I they also, like. They have one of my favorite card bargains. A guy I still have stock in and have ne- will never give up on Malik Monk, who I still what, oh, I still like, believe in. What he yeah, had thirty last night. He went nuts. He's, he's become like a really good heat check guy, but I still feel like he can be an all-star at some point in his career. This is like one of my dumbest corners, but I, Malik Monk, Malik Monk. I just, Malik whatever Monk his rookie card is, I'd be in. <laughs> Those are your two. <laughs> Those are my two super sleepers. Like <laughs> shake them. They might actually be dead. Sheesh. <laughs> All right. Next question. All right. I was going to say this one for the end, but uh, I'm just going to throw it out there from Titan up 86. Bill love, love seeing you getting into the hobby with your son. Is it true that Mike is actually one of your sons because they are essentially the same size? Now, <laughs> Bill's too tall to be my father. Bill, do you have a viewpoint on that? Uh, <laughs> do you have no, I would. I would legally adopt Mike. Oh um, my goodness! Yeah. You guys can eat your your it's lobster been great to know bisque him. at Finial Hall and watch Finial Hall. <laughs> are we going to be Giannis there? What's wrong with guys? Finial right, Hall. Leave a comment below for God, the bullying. Gonna take Jesse so to Massachusetts bullies. and just walk around. Know? I've been there once. Larry <clears throat> Webb, my old buddy. I will say you know this. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. <laughs> what? Do you don't know Larry? Uh, <laughs> he lives in Boston. All right. Okay. <laughs> What is happening? Oh, we have the um, man on once a year. After we get canned after 30 days, yeah. we had one no, experience here with Bill no, you're Russell, Richard canned. Simmons. This is great. And this is how you're spending our time. I listen to uh, every one of these shows. Okay. Um, uh, yes, yeah, he's killing ahead. it. I, did you get any questions about me getting into the hobby? Because just I, for the for the people yeah. out there, I was an we only did. freaking child in the 70s and 80s. I was I was buying cards from the moment I could walk, and I've had a lot of different runs with this hobby. 
Um, and I, you know, I've been in the collector's convention seven times and have been buying stuff really since I ever had money. So I, I when we I got back into group? it just because of the basketball, um, just that just the infrastructure w- of it seemed to be shifting in a really interesting way. And it just gets a pandemic on board. I will say that some people do actually know that you are already a fan for a long time. A lot and of this people. was actually an interesting question. I want I'd like to get your take. So what were your favorite cards growing up that you maybe you got graded today or you'd like to get graded today if they're not already? I have a few of them actually, cause I actually took care of my cards with one notable exception, which I've told Mike about. I, I did collect the 8081 Tops NBA, but tore the cards. Oh, they were the that. three. Nobody told me I was 11. Yeah. It's not like we had the internet back then. It was like, cool, these cards. So what do you do? You just tear them up. So I actually have, I kept them. I put them, I did everything wrong. Not only did I tear them up, I have them in rubber bands and okay. I, it just couldn't have been worse, but I do have the bird and the magic and the Dr. J, but like so many kids, that's why that card's worth a lot of money. Um, my favorite, so my favorite set ever was the 76 baseball that had the Fred Lynn rookie of the year card with the little the trophy quad card. It. Yeah. Oh. Cause that also had the Oscar gamble Afro card, which is my favorite card of all time. Um, okay. just, that was the first set Six. that I really went all in on. And, uh, I have a couple uncut. You can actually see one of the uncut sheets. You can see it over there next wow. to Bobby or, um, but, um, that was one of my favorites. I love the uh, the 81 basketball, which had the first full Magic and Bird. The one I did the box break of the other day. Because that because after that said, the basketball cards went away. Like I, did, I had no idea they were even making like the star cards and stuff like that in 83. I didn't even know about the Fleer cards in 86. They didn't, I just never saw them in the store. I would have bought them. What was um, next, Bill, after the 81 set? What was the next actual, ba- but not accounting star? It was 86 Fleer. Okay. We had so a five-year layoff. So It was five-year. And then the football cards were really fun. I, I think if you go back and you look at the cards that they made from, I would say, 76, 77, 78 in all the sports, they're really nice-looking cards. They really that's did a good 76, job. 76 football with Peyton? That's another one. I, I think, Paul, first of all, that specific card is so crazy yep. undervalued. But that design, like the headshot, you get the logo on the front. I think that's an all. I think 76 football is one of the nicest sets. So I had, I have all ungraded all, not in my house, um, but <laughs> just everybody. Cause I took they care of them. They can see your like, wall behind you, Bill. Well, they already know you've got a lot of my cards. Office, but, um, the, uh, like Steve Largent, Peyton, mm-hmm. people like that. Like I was smart enough as a kid to be like, oh, I'll take care of this card. But we didn't have albums and sleeves and stuff like that. You're basically putting them in a shoe box and putting a rubber band around the shoe box. So the card didn't move. But I did have a tragedy though. I I don't know if I've ever told this story. We, we lived in Brookline in the late seventies and I kept my cards in a toy and hobby safe. That was like a $20. I kept my best cards. So, and the first cards I collected were like hockey cards in 74. So I I had this Bobby Orr card that I thought was worth like a million dollars. Probably wasn't, but I had like my best, like, I don't know, 25 cards in that safe. And somebody broke in they took a whole bunch of stuff from our house, including my safe. Oh. And then we were driving around just kind of like a day later. And the toy and hobby safe was on the side of the road with nothing in it. Oh, Somebody had just thrown it out of the car. Traumatizing, Mike. 
I knew there was some. I knew there had to be something because we, we've dropped this <laughs> reference too many times. Don't break into my house. This is still a fresh wound here. This, this is why you're bringing this up now. I understand. Can you, I was like ten years old. That's brutal. Yeah. Well, I grew what up in are, Lawrence and Haverhill, so this wasn't really that that big of a. That wouldn't have been that yeah, uncommon true. of an event, quite frankly. <laughs> the Republic of Brookline, a little bit different area. But oh the thing, gosh. Jesse, the thing with me and basketball is they they had there were just less basketball cards. There was way more ba- baseball, football, hockey, and there was less basketball, which I think like the 77 set, which was the set after the tall boys, those are impossible to find. Like you like the Robert Parrish PSA nine rookies, stuff like that. Like it's really hard to find PSA nines from that set because I don't think they made a lot of the cards. And in general, nobody found them. And if you found them, you just played with them. You didn't like take care of them. So I can honestly um, say I have never held a 77 card in my hand. Ever. I don't think I've ever even seen yeah, I don't think I've ever actually gone through a collection where they've been in there. And it's a well, good one because it's got like Bernard <laughs> King's rookie, Parrish's rookie. It's got like great cards of all the stars from that era because they, they had merged the leagues at that point. And uh and the boxes until recently were pretty cheap. Now they jumped. Yeah, that's a, I, I will say that's the one thing that stinks with a spike. Boxes used to be crazy cheap to get. 80, 70s and 80s boxes of especially basketball, football. Now you can't even touch them. But all right, last last question, and we can move on. So this is one that we got a lot, but I'm gonna go ahead and preface: you don't have to answer. Uh, what are your top cards value wise, or just name the ones you feel comfortable naming? I guess not in the house. Not in the house. Well, they're not in my house anymore. Um, well, the <laughs> smartest thing I did in the in the eighties was I bought I bought uh, some baseball Hall of Famers from the sixties mint, but we didn't have PSA back then. But I was really like meticulous about what to get. So I have like Steve Carlton rookie, Nolan Ryan rookie, Tom Seaver rookie, Rod Carew, um, Yaz. I tried to get, I got everyone except Pete Rose because he was even expensive in the 80s because he just broken the hit record. But I just had the sense of like, these will be worth something. And you can see like on one of the things, it's like, it says like $60 next to it on the Tom Seaver one or whatever. <laughs> um, so those are probably my most fun one just because I actually put real thought into it. But like like everybody else, I got crushed in the late 80s, early 90s with the, with the junk box era, you know? Mm-hmm. Like all of us, like I, I remember yep. that Dikembe Mutombo upper deck NBA set just buying like five boxes. Oh, they just worth nothing. You might as well use them <laughs> as like coasters. But I was at least smart enough to get some of the 60s stuff, but not the basketball because they were really hard to find. And then, you know, uncut sheets I was always buying even as a kid. Nice. Mike's right. out on uncut sheets. He doesn't believe in them. I don't believe. Yeah, I know. They're bigger He's than I am. Good. Things that are taller than me, I have no use for. So. Look how nice. Look at this one. It is a great art piece of nothing else. Great, it's like a museum piece. I also could not get away with that. If I put that anywhere in my house, my wife would just that would be it. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm in my little office. Yeah, I don't have an office yet. That's that's year two when the second contract kicks in. We can struggle through this first one. (laughs) We're going straight office space. We're excited. That's it. That's our show. That's it. That's it. We got nothing else. We didn't. That was really fun. I had a good time. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on again. Check out Bill Simmons. I'm, I'm not even going to. Oh my god! Gonna, like, promote him. I was like, I think they know. Who Do he it. Is. Wait. Yeah. Hold Bill on. Simmons. I have last questions for Jesse. Oh God, Bill. Jesse, the, will you come on my show? That's what. Let's what's, what's, what's the nicest thing you've read online about your performance on this show? <laughs> He's got okay, hit on a few I'm gonna times. Go ahead and, I'm not gonna go ahead and, and not a dating thing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna preface that apparently I was putting out a little bit of a 
call for help vibe because I was getting, <laughs> just, just I was getting a number of people saying, like messaging me directly, which I got to tell you, <laughs> the guys that did it. Thank you. That was it was very kind. kind. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing uh, more nice than the things that Mike says to me as soon as we get off the show. He's always very apologetic. Um, but everybody seems to to love the take. Well, not everybody. A lot of everybody. Everybody not on YouTube. Everybody seems to love how our uh, banter goes back and forth. They respect the fact that I may not know about cards, but a lot of guys who are getting into the hobby don't know a ton about cards either. They like the fact that I ask the questions that they're also wondering. So the when everybody says something like that, it makes me feel pretty good. Feel pretty good. Well, the reason I love this podcast is because um, you guys actually have chemistry and I can learn stuff as I'm listening to it. I, I just felt like with Cards Podcast, they were... They're pretty nerdy for the most part, you know, and like basically geared toward a specific type of person and just seemed like there was a chance to maybe reach more people than that. So I'm very pleased with this podcast. I'm honored to be on. Thank you for having me. I'm telling you. That's a nice thing anybody's ever said about this podcast. Can you see the goosebumps? Yeah. (laughs) There there. you go. Bill, we appreciate the time. We will invite you. Listen, for me, on behalf of me and the rest of the Richard Simmons family, it's been an honor. (laughs) Bill Russell's out after that one. All right, guys, make sure you check out the episode. This one, subscribe, like, whatever you're supposed to do with all that nonsense. Jesse tells you. Sports cards, nonsense, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, which we are honored to be a part of. So check us out on YouTube, on Ringer, anywhere else you get your podcasts. There you go. Spotify, bam. The most (laughs) official read of all time. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.